So how many of you were taken by surprise at this feast today? <laughs> this feast rarely falls on a weekend, on a Sunday. And it is also known in tradition, a second name, it's called Candlemas. Specifically because of the words of Simeon, where he says about Jesus, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. Jesus comes into the world as a light. And this is why we process in with candles. This is why this weekend I'll be blessing all the different kinds of candles that we use here at St. Peter's. And some people will even bring candles to this mass to have the priest or the deacon bless them that they'll be using in their homes throughout the year. So you still have two more opportunities to do that if you want them blessed tomorrow. So I want to take a moment to welcome uh, any visitors that may have joined us this evening. God bless you. We always are delighted to have you with us. And we hope that you'll come back and join us another time. This feast is absolutely beautiful in what it reveals about the plan of God and what unfolds within fallen humanity, within ourselves. And therefore, what it reveals about what we become, who we become, because of the work of Jesus. God's original plan, when he created us, like in the grace of baptism, we were meant to be a priestly people. And the whole world that God made was like one great temple where we were placed in the garden to be stewards of this world and with our priestly vocation to continually offer back to God not only our lives, but everything that the Lord had made. Through us, the glory of the Lord was to fill the earth. But after the fall, when man fell out of his relationship with God, another plan ensued. And within this plan, the temple, as we know from our study of Scripture, the temple now became the symbol and the place of God's presence with his people. But because again of the unfaithfulness of God's covenant people, things got so bad that in the prophecy of Ezekiel, it was said and felt that even the Lord had abandoned the temple, that his glory had left. And this happened because of the sins of God's people before the temple was completely destroyed in the 6th century 
by the Babylonian Empire. So then started years of longing and the belief that when the anointed one would come, that the presence of God would revisit his people and the glory of the Lord would return to the temple. And so we come to the prophet Malachi that we just heard. And let me highlight a few words here so we can understand where this is going. And suddenly there will come to the temple the Lord whom you seek. And he will be like a refiner's fire. He will sit refining and purifying silver. He will purify the sons of Levi, the, the, the Levitical priesthood, refining them like gold and like silver, that they may offer sacrifice to the Lord. Then the sacrifice of Judah and Jerusalem will please the Lord as in the days of old. This prophecy was the great longing of all the people. They were yearning for this to happen. And now comes in on a particular day, Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus. <laughs> the moment has arrived where the Lord whom they sought has now come to his temple in the person of Jesus. And can you imagine Simeon and Anna, the joy that they felt? And as I was thinking about this, I couldn't help but think about the moment when we receive Holy Communion, when we hold in our hands the host or receive it on our tongue, and to receive as Simeon held Jesus in his hands. This is the one. Lord, I now see my salvation, which you have brought to your people. He has come. Can you imagine? His heart must have been ready to explode and probably did with joy as ours should when we receive Jesus in the Eucharist, when he visits his temple. Because something happens at this moment. When Jesus takes on our human nature, which is the wedding between God and human beings, in an embrace of redemptive, merciful love. What does Jesus say when he enters that temple again 30 years later? First of all, he cleanses it, doesn't he? <laughs> he drives out everything that is foreign to the covenant relationship with God and the intention of God for the temple as a place of worship and sacrifice 
And when he is challenged as to why he did that, what does he say? Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up again. Jesus himself, his human nature, his body, is the new temple. And on the cross, he offers the sacrifice that reconciles us again with God. So that what? We would understand ourselves as living temples of God by our union with Jesus Christ. And so St. Paul says in the letter to the Romans, let me make sure I get this right, you are living stones built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to the Lord through Jesus Christ. We are reinstated as priests of God's new creation, the new heavens and the new earth by which we can now offer sacrifice. This is why the prophecy says that there will be some refining, <laughs> there will be some purifying. The first sacrifice that says spiritual sacrifices that the Lord is pleased with is the sacrifice of a humble, contrite heart. This feast is calling us to remember the, the priesthood of our baptism, that all this next coming week we are to offer sacrifice and sacrifices that are pleasing to the Lord. And the first is the sacrifice of a humble, contrite heart. If there's anything within our temple that defiles it in terms of our relationship with God and the way of the gospel, God wants to continue to cleanse this temple that he has made. So there might be times this week when I'm aware of an inclination to sin. I might even fall into sin. And I will need to make a sacrifice of a humble, contrite heart. So that this temple can remain clean and pure for the Lord. This is why regular confession is such a gift. Or regular examination of our heart of our conscience. Lord, is there anything in the way from my exercising my vocation as a priest? Another sacrifice that the Lord desires is the sacrifice of obedience. This is the most important one according to the scriptures. This week, I may have to renew that sacrifice to the Lord if I find myself struggling to do the will of God, to accept his will in my life. I may have to say, Lord, here I am. I come to do your will. I'm ready to follow, to obey. 
The sacrifice of obedience. Another sacrifice that is extremely pleasing to the Lord that we see throughout the prophets is the sacrifice of love. God was displeased with the sacrifice of animals whenever Israel neglected the poor, the stranger, the orphan, and the widow. When they lacked charity and care for the poor and needy in their midst, God did not accept any of their other sacrifices until they had a change of heart, turning it in the way of charity, which is what makes us most like God and bear his image. This week, the Lord will ask us to make this sacrifice of love first toward our families, but maybe beyond them to someone the Lord puts in our path that needs our love. And finally, a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. This is what we do at every Mass. To thank God for coming into our life as a light, for being that one perfect priest on the cross that has redeemed us and set us free, free to be again the priests of creation and of this new world that he is creating. This is our vocation. This is the call that we're getting, that's getting renewed in the scriptures today. Are you ready to be a priest this week? <laughs> Are you and I ready to exercise our priesthood? This is that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit, a dwelling place for the living God. This is why we're going to go home tonight and celebrate. <laughs> we're going to have our favorite meal, our favorite dessert, or cup of coffee, whatever you do. Celebrate what God has done and celebrate the gift that we are because of Christ. Amen.